Good morning, and this is the K9 Translators Podcast. This is a podcast about dog trainers talking about dog natural things and all things dog behavior. We are your hosts. I am Tara Sturmer. And I'm Laura McClure, head behavior trainers at K9 Working Mind. Uh, our facility is located in Austin, Texas. All right, so the goal for this podcast, if you all don't know already, is to help our species understand canine communication and their behaviors. If you have any questions, comments, or ideas about future podcasts, please email us at info at caninetranslators.com. You did it right the first time. All right, so today, on this very, very, very hot Thursday, we are talking with our very special guest, Antonia. Um, Now... Antonia has one of our favorite dogs that comes yeah. to us, <laughs> Miss Nix. Miss Nix, <laughs> and you've been a client of ours for three and a half years now. Yeah, three and a half years. Yeah. Um, so one of the things we uh, we start to do with this is we want listeners to know from an owner's point of view. That's the whole point of this podcast: is all things dog behavior, and I don't. I, I want people to hear from. Our owners of you know what they've gone through and what kind of training they've done, the goods, the bads, the uglies, um, and the beautifuls, right? The beautiful is Nix's awesome dog. girl. Yes. <laughs> All right. So dog. that being said, it's very laid back. Don't be nervous. We're <laughs> we're just gonna be most of the time. It's us hashing shit out. <laughs> All right. So uh, so first off, how long have you had Nix? I've had Nix for three and a half years. I actually found your uh, services before I found Nix. I met her in January 2020. Looked you all up online, vetted a couple of places around here before you were my final selection, and then I adopted her the first week of February. She was in class with Laura. Like the next the week. The next week. Yeah, yeah, literally the next week she was in class. Within a week, you yeah. adopted yes. her and brought her into training. Yeah. I wish more people would do that. Yeah, because I look, I, I will say, I just looked it up, but um, I saw that she was you had cheating. emailed in January and asked about classes, and then emailed again the beginning of February, and, was, and because the first email... I think she was under a different name, mm-hmm. and then the second email, it was Nix, and so I was like, I, I think this is the same dog, so we're just going to go with it. <laughs> and you went to a shelter to adopt her. Yes, Austin Animal Center. She was a two-peat offender of being returned and had been in there 280-something days before I uh, met her. 200? So, yes. Almost a year. Almost her entire life she has spent in a shelter. She has only been out of a shelter they estimated around two to three months of her life. Wow. So. Wow. So what were you looking for when you went to go to the shelter? I had been volunteering there for a little while with their Red Dot program. I don't know if they still call it that anymore, but with their high-priority or reactive behavior issue dogs. And I wanted a dog that would match my energy that wouldn't have a home anywhere else. Um, I've grown up around dogs most of my life and working dogs with the Navy. So I wanted a dog that I knew wouldn't have anything anywhere else and that also had energy to go hiking and go outside, which is why I'd moved to Austin the year prior. Okay, now I'm going to point out what you said. A big key there is you work dogs in the Navy. Mm-hmm. Right. So you're used to high drive. Yes. High drive. And that's what you're looking for. And that's yes. what you were looking for. Okay, I want to yeah. be clear with that because on a lot of our podcasts, a lot of people go... And say they want to match their energy, but they don't realize that the dog has high drive. Nix is a two-hour-a-day dog. 
And I knew that going in. Right. So, and that's awesome. That's awesome. So, like, you know, Laura and I, we always joke about it. We always go and get the Uh, toughest dogs because that's (laughs) what we do for a living. We live and breathe Mm -hmm. dogs. And you had that experience. Mm -hmm. Right. Awesome. Awesome. So, um, did you test any other dogs besides Nick's? I tested four dogs, two Malinois mixes, some manner of a shepherd, uh, several pits. I had looked at their profiles. I'd also looked at, there was another service outside of Waco, Texas that was rehoming end-of-life service canines. Uh, but when I met Nix, she had, like, accosted this uh, foster, this uh, volunteer at the center. It was a Friday evening. Oh, this my goodness. This couldn't get her out of, the, uh, out of her little kennel, out of her little area. And I was like, well... Let me try. And she's like, I don't know if you're allowed. And I was like, well, nobody else is here. And she's like, oh, because this woman's just like <laughs> me job. at the end of a row. And uh, it was immediate. Like, yeah. I, I had to wait six more days. She had just gotten fixed, like, two or three weeks prior. They, they had her on some list. So I had to wait a little while for them to make sure her shot records were okay and introduce her to the two dogs that I had, my, my uh, roommate's dogs at the time, a tiny little 15-pound Dachshund mix. And a 60, 70 pound black mouth cur mix. And she met them. She ignored them. Like, as soon as Nick saw me and we started working together, it was like super glue. No, that's uh, awesome. All eyes. Uh, but holy Hannah was there so much energy in those first couple of weeks. Uh, but I knew immediately when I saw her. That's awesome. That's awesome. So, and that volunteer was probably super grateful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. She was a little panicked. Yeah. Rightfully yeah. so. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, so, you mentioned a group in, I'm going to just stop there for one sec. You mentioned a group in Waco. End of life. Yeah. Dogs. So, they work with uh, canines that have failed out of working programs and shepherds, I believe it is, that okay. don't even assess into programs. Interesting. And so, a lot of their dogs might have great pedigrees and... I felt like all the dogs and all the people that I met and interviewed there, those dogs were dogs that, like, anybody could take home. They were the super obedient dogs you see that just, like, don't have enough patience to do something or they, um, you know, have a mind of their own about something. But they're still, they could be a family pet, right? Um, And the name of their organization is escaping me, but uh, it's it's outside Waco, maybe by twenty minutes. Okay, that's interesting. I'd like to. We're gonna uh, Laura note into that. Yeah, yeah, note. Look into that. We got an email from somebody that has uh, senior military dogs. That's Mm -hmm. why I was wondering. Okay. Um, And I've been doing research on them, so I was wondering if that was the same group, but it doesn't sound like it. That's fantastic, though. I didn't know there was a group out there like that. Yeah. Great. Awesome. So back to you. (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right. So. She'd be in, been in there almost a full year. Yeah. That's an awful long time. Was she? Yes. Uh, so how long did it take her to decompress from the shelter? I'd say at least two months, probably the whole way through basic. All the way through basic. And I remember in basic, it was still like a lot of learning about her. You didn't know much about her. Mm-hmm. And so then uh, she was, uh, I just remember it was one of my first classes to really like do completely but I had been doing classes for almost a year at that point by myself um more because Tara made me I was um, just gonna say, <laughs> I, I literally kicked her out yeah. signed the class up and she I went it's yours and she went what yeah uh so well, you nailed it yeah <laughs> still here yeah 
so, uh, but I mean, I do remember it was a lot of like learning, not just for you, but I mean, I was learning your dog at the same time. There were definitely some things in the class that she wasn't comfortable with. Mm -hmm. Um, She was reactive in the class. And back then we were in that small training building. So Mm -hmm. it was a lot of like, let's keep them in close to you guys because we're not going and greeting everybody. Um, But I mean, she did make a lot of progress during the class. And I just remember that she was so quick to pick everything mm-hmm. up. So even though she would be reactive or inappropriate in certain situations, she was very quick to be able to learn what you were asking her to do and you were able to kind of redirect her focus pretty quickly from most of things mm-hmm. as well. You said something to us, it was the second or the third week and you're like, just keep her working. We had just learned doggy push ups. Yeah. And Nick still does doggy push-ups probably every single day. Uh, But you'd said, just keep her working. Keep her moving. Because Nix is that dog. She's so eager to please and so obedient. But it's almost like she never learned how to dog. And so she feels like she has to be everywhere at once. She doesn't know what the right reaction is supposed to be. And uh, ever since, putting her in that working mindset is the way to get her to do anything I want. Yeah. She's definitely... Yeah, same thing here. Yeah. She's definitely like the one plus one and more dog. Yes. One plus one and then some. Yeah. Get the quote yeah. right, girl. <laughs> <laughs> one plus one and then some. No, she is, definitely. Yeah. She really is. She doesn't like to sit still. She wants mm-hmm. to go, 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 and more and more. even when she stays with us, right, says, you know, she's uh, she's handled by Laura and I. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> We're working on it. She's almost there to mm-hmm. be handled by other people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can say... In a moment, if she has a moment with another dog that's in the kennel who is instigating her, yeah. we can yeah. tell her, hey, watch yeah. me, lie down, and she immediately does it. Does she it. is yes. the most obedient dog. Well, and she does that for the other people. It's not just us that she'll listen right. to. Right, and she'll listen to too. our kennel yeah. text, too. Yeah. Our kennel yeah. text. Yeah, her too. circle has gotten so big. Uh, ever since we took the advanced course and we started working towards Canine Good Citizen, her circle of people, her circle of dogs. Yeah. And she looks to me, she looks to you, she looks to Laura of, ooh, what am I supposed to do here? And she'll respond. And yeah. once she knows that's what you want, she wants to please you. And that's, I knew I wanted that out of a dog. I have another a dog, a five-year, five-year-old lab. She's a couch potato. She's the sweetest dog ever, but she just doesn't, she doesn't have want that, that obedience. She doesn't have that <laughs> obedience to like, let's work, mom. Let's right, do yeah. it. Right, yeah. and I have one of them too. Is a melted chocolate chip. <laughs> I mean, that's yes. what Benjamin. Benjamin I mean, would much rather just lay on the couch mm-hmm. and make sure the furniture I mean, doesn't move. That's yes. exactly um, what Vincenzo. Was. Yeah. Vincenzo was the goal was to get him to do tracking and and mm-hmm. lost dog searches and. Uh, I took him out for a test run after I taught him everything, and I got 100 feet, and he laid down and went, I'm done. <laughs> and I went, I don't okay, wanna... uh, trade out dogs. Let's find right. one with a higher drive. Right. Yeah. But, but yeah, I mean, it's a great balance, I think, for Kona and Nick's because mm-hmm. it really does. It's such a great balance. If you want to sit down and snuggle, uh, Kona's great for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And for affection, you get this probably with a lot of reactive dogs. Other people won't see it, but Nix is so affectionate. Oh, we see it. And she solicits. Mm -hmm. I mean, the last time we stayed uh, for stay and train, you petted her after we got out of the car and she sat for you immediately. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And she wants that cuddle time. You just have to prevent her from getting too excited. Right. Uh, But yeah. Yeah, 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 she's they're definitely a yin and yang. Right. (laughs) And, you know, Tyler's the same way. She's got that high drive. She's super high driven. Um, and nonstop, constant, nonstop. Yeah. 
But, yeah. um, to the point where my wife literally told me when she was a puppy, I wouldn't have been able to keep this dog more than 15 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But she's such a good worker. She's a great worker, and that's exactly with Nix, right? Yeah. So Nix will do everything that you ask her. Mm-hmm. And, and if she has a problem, she figures it out. That's really awesome, right? Mm-hmm. Now, how was she when you first interacted with her? At the shelter, you grab that leash. Tell me what what you saw immediately. So she's like a medium-sized dog that has small dog syndrome where she puffs that chest out and (laughs) the hair goes up at everything. She was so alert and just, in a way, hyper-attentive to everything going on around her. She's like a little, little police officer. She wants to guard the perimeter. She wants to check the doors. She wants to see what you're doing and... And yell at you for doing it, right? Like, no running in my area. Mm-hmm. And uh, so in the, you know, Austin Animal Center, it, it was pretty busy as far as, like, dog movement. You've got a lot of dogs barking. It's a pretty stimulating environment right oh, off the bat anyway. Oh, overstimulating. So. Yes. Jeez. And she just was everywhere doing everything all at once. And uh, you could just see it. She, she couldn't shut it off. She couldn't shut it off. She didn't know how. She was stressed. She's a stress panter. So I can immediately tell she also can't handle the Austin heat. But yeah. uh, me neither. <laughs> yeah, no one can. No, no one, one can. can. 112 yesterday. Uh, yeah. That that panting though, she, she would do it all day, every day. And I visited her maybe three or four times when she was in there before they let me take her home. And you could just see it. She was those eyes, man. The whale eyes. Yeah. The, the chest up. The whole time. And that's probably why she was there for so long. Is because most people don't know how to how to reach those kind of dogs mm-hmm. to, that are at that point. But if she'd spent her whole life in the shelter, like, that's pretty much all she knew mm-hmm. at this point was to be in that that state of mind. And that's like, the Was there part. another option? She had no idea. Right. There was no alternatives. In yeah. the shelter, there are no alternatives aside from frustration or release that frustration on, uh, you know, on something. Right, mm-hmm. um, and we're going to get to talk to that. We're not yeah. going to. We're, we're not going to be talking about shelter dogs. We will be talking about shelter dogs later. Yes, but unfortunately, that's. I mean, that's exactly what Nix was mm-hmm. like. She just had. She had no other idea that there was even. Uh, I could be calm. I can mm-hmm. relax. Yeah, and she had to really own her own world. I think in there because now you know, three years removed, she knows how to relax, but that has been the toughest thing right. to incept into her brain that you can relax, someone else has this, yeah. go to sleep. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. fine. <laughs> right. Yeah. right. Yeah. And and that took a, that took a lot to, oh, gosh, to implement, yeah. right? Yeah. So yep. what training, when you first, like I said, grabbed that leash, the first mm-hmm. time you grabbed her and walked out of the shelter, was she like absolutely insane in the car and... She peed in my car in the first five minutes, getting her home. Uh, She is ultra confident, so I've never had to deal with uh, convincing her the car won't eat her. Like, it's more like convincing her not to eat the car. Mm -hmm. Uh, So so she was in my backseat of this, like, little Ford C-Max. She peed on the seats. Luckily, they were, like, that leather mix. It was easy enough to clean up. But uh, she accosted my window. She would lick the windows obsessively. And she chewed through a seatbelt in the first, like, week or week and a half. Yeah, I honestly, I only lived right, like, maybe a mile down the road when I first got her. I was like, maybe I could just walk this dog to class. (laughs) You know, like, I got to pass inspection here in a couple months. Um, That hyper alertness was everywhere. And uh, she's a jumper. 
So she would jump on me a lot. That took a long time to calm down. And her leash manners. It's like she didn't know there was a leash. So she'd pull on it. And she'd like turn around and be like, what is this? What the, you know, what the heck is this? What are you trying to do? And uh, until we got some of those like base rules in place. And she's a very good leash walker now. But until we got those base rules in place, man, she is just like watching a ping pong ball. Or like one of those arcade games where you watch the the ball coming coming through a pinball machine, just all over, all over, yeah, yeah. and chaos, yeah, yeah, and awesome on your part. I'm gonna say, and I had said it to you on your uh, integration with the newest ducks, which we'll get to. I was floored, yeah, uh, so, <laughs> yeah. So I had said I was standing in the in the living room, and they have you know they're trying to integrate another dog, and I'm legit. I was like, well, you got the best handler to help you here. And they were both like, yeah, you. And I was like, yeah. uh, no. I mean, I'm cocky, but I'm not that cocky. <laughs> I was talking about Antonia. The things that I have seen you do mm-hmm. with Nix and the, the confidence that I have seen in you handling her leash, I mean, it's impressive. It's yeah. impressive. Not I mean, a lot I'm, of people would be able to do what you've done. Yeah. Right. And honestly, I've been doing this for 35 plus years. And most of our clients, no matter how hard we try to tell them, just stick with it. You'll see a difference. They have to give up. And I say have to because they don't have that strength or that mm-hmm. knowledge or that patience. So you have rocked it. Yeah. You have yes. rocked it. Yeah, we definitely brag about you a lot to we do. multiple yeah. people. We do. Your training programs have definitely saved that dog's life and have informed me for an entire lifetime. And for anybody who has reactive dogs, the level that, that Nix is at, it is like that Novocaine where you, you keep hitting the tooth. Eventually it's going to it's gonna numb right. out, right? It does. Um, and we've made a ton of mistakes and we've learned a lot of things and relearned or unlearned a lot of things <laughs> that I had before that you think are like common knowledge. Yeah. yeah. So that, oh, that's a great entryway. Yeah. That's yeah. a great entryway. What was your, what was, so base background, I'm going to say again, that Antonia worked with dogs in the Navy. Mm-hmm. What was your training background there? So you would, uh, so did you think that, that you were going to go in with Nick's in the same training techniques? No. So I knew that I needed to get a trainer here because I I wanted to learn and grow away from some of the more, not just with the Navy, but just with working dogs in general and some of the programs that I was in in Virginia Beach when I was stationed out there. Uh, there's so much, like, you, I feel like you don't need to put fear into a dog, and you also can't reach a dog like Nick's with positive-only training mm-hmm. all the time. And so I needed to find that kind of, like, middle of the road. We're not using a shock collar. We're not, I'm not going to use a, a prong. I'm, I'm not going to punish my dog with a crate because for me, crate training, like she, her crate is her oasis. She yes. goes there all the time. Yeah. And as we've been integrating new dogs, like she knows when she's in that crate, she doesn't have to do anything. Right. Yeah. Um, and that wasn't part of anything I had learned before. It was a crate is for a dog to sleep and a dog to go in when it's time out. Right. And so I didn't want to use any force tools for lack of better terms and I also didn't want to have to use fear to control a dog that I knew without knowing the words necessarily was control aggressive right um I feel like a lot of dogs kind of in the in the working field that I've seen flirt with that line of aggressive or reactive they keep it under control with that obedience but the minute you hand that leash to a weaker person or a person who doesn't know how to handle the dog the dog rolls all over them right yeah Nix can be walked by my 15-year-old neighbor, and mm-hmm. he knows there's certain things he can handle and certain things he can't, but she doesn't, she knows what's appropriate, right? right. 
And she knows that not based on fear. She doesn't fear him. She doesn't fear me. But she has space to breathe, right? And uh, yeah, because I mean, I have, hard. I have a background in working dogs, and mm-hmm. and I'm gonna say we talk about it a lot. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, we do talk about it a lot. There, if I have a dog that's gonna run into a bomb, I need a immediate stop. Mm-hmm. Can I achieve that with my dogs? I can. Yeah, yeah. I don't do force training, and I can yeah. stop them on a dime without force training. Um, but. It has its place in certain areas in the working field, sure. right? Um, so, it's I, your domestic dog, your domestic dog, and a lot Very of people different. think, well, so the problem I see is the fifteen-second TikTok trainers. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, yeah, the fifteen-second TikTok <laughs> trainers with the Malinois and the uh, military—they look awesome. Those military dogs, they're dancing with their soldiers and so forth. Um, but what they're not seeing is the training technique, right? They're also mm-hmm. not seeing that those dogs were hand-picked because they have a, uh, a harder personality. Mm-hmm. They are not, when they first get them, they're well-bred. They're from a lineage that are mm-hmm. confident, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, I think it's a, a hard line here. A fearful dog, if you put them in the situation of the Navy or military or police, they're not going to pass those dogs. Correct. There are thousands yeah. of dogs that do not pass. For as every you, dog for, that goes through. Yeah. Right, for yeah. every dog that goes through because they don't have the um, confidence to take the corrections that they give during that training. Yeah. Well, and we, I think we've mentioned even that some of those dogs don't have a very long shelf life. Right. Because mm-hmm. of... Oh, they phase out yeah. super easily. Yeah. Right. Because it's a lot of stress, right? Yeah. So then you get these people that adopt a shelter dog... Let's say, like Nick's, mm-hmm. right? Super well, uh, well adjusted in her own mind, right? <laughs> you get yes. her out of the shelter, and she's like, "I have control of everything." And if you were to put force on a dog that had that much frustration from living its life in a shelter, and yeah. its norm was four walls and barking, you would get it. You would get killed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you would have a bomb. Right. So a lot of people follow those fifteen-second TikTok trainers. Yep. They adopt a dog out of the shelter that has high drive, high confidence, high frustration, possibly control aggression, which we'll talk about in another podcast. But when we see those people that take them out, they're like, well, I followed what this guy did. This we just put a slip did. lead on and hung him off his feet and made him think that he was going to lose his life. And I was like, okay, so, but now he's attacking everybody except you. He's not mm-hmm. going to attack you because you're a higher ranking member. Yep. Yeah. Anybody around you is going to be bait. Yeah. And you have to apply the same level of force to get the same reaction in that dog all the time or higher. Right. Right? Nick's, like, when we learn something, she gets tons of treats. She gets super treat stupid. Yes. And then the treats back down, and she'll still heal for me when I don't have anything in my hands. Because she wants to. Right. And, And that's kind of what we're trying to let people know. Stop following Google Trainer. Or the TikTok 15 cent, 15 <laughs> yeah. second personalities yeah. because you're going to get yourself hurt. Mm-hmm. You know, what you see that military training, you're not an experienced military trainer. Mm-hmm. So you should not try to apply these things because they would not apply it to a dog that you just adopted from the shelter. Yeah. Yeah. They would not do it. No. Right. So I think there needs to be a little headline on those little TikTok personalities don't do this they don't lose followers do yes. this they would lose followers don't yeah. do this because we've handpicked those dogs yeah right 
you can't win that way. And Nix is a great example of that. I was, and again, that's something for me. I know you have a background in the in the Navy with dogs. So for me, I'm like, this is a woman who has a background in the Navy with dogs, and took a tough dog, and used dog natural training instead of force or all positive. Yeah. And the results are incredible that we yeah. see out of Nix. Yeah. Right. Nothing short of amazing. I mean, honestly, and it's because you practice so much too. So let's go on that. How often do you practice? Oh, man. Your schedule is pretty intense. Like, I've seen when you've brought, uh, like when you've come for uh, having her do stay and train, or even when we've talked in sessions where you've broken down, this is what we do at this time. Mm -hmm. And I'm literally like, that's insane. Girl, your resume for the dogs when you bring them here. (laughs) Nick says a six-page resume. It's pretty impressive. People though. have to read it before they meet her. That is a non-negotiable. So Nick's day, entire day is planned, and I think there's... I work full-time. I work 50, 60 hours a week for the state. I'm a full-time doctoral student, and she's had this schedule the entire time I've had her without question. She gets up at 6 to 7.30 in the morning. She goes on a walk. Then she gets fed. She gets fed the same way every single morning, the same time exact same thing for her evening she works if we're in class six to eight times a day of five minute to ten minute sessions throughout the day and she'll cue me if it's too much she'll cue me if she doesn't want to work which is very rare now but at the beginning she'd like nope out of stuff for sure um but we do that and i set a timer every hour and a half or every two hours and i try to build it in my work schedule when i can or at a minimum in the, before I work, during lunch, and after work, that she has prioritized time. If I let her go for a couple days, she'd be fine, but after that, she'd start to regress. Mm-hmm. I'd say for her, and, she, and she's a, a healer pit mix of some kind. She's about 50 pounds. Um, she's a gorgeous little thing. Yes, oh, yeah. She's so cute, and, and she knows it. She does <laughs> know it. She does. An hour a day would get me to maintain her level of training. Doing an hour and a half to two hours gets me exactly what I want with increasing or improving her life. Uh, Whether that's we're doing trick training or we're doing tracking or we're in advanced classes, whatever it is, or even just relearning skills that we have. Um, She knows she's a priority certain times a day and she knows when she goes on that cot and at first I used a vest. I would put a vest on her like, you want to work? And I'll get her really excited for that. That that's her time to shine. Um, but I'd say after 15 to 20 minutes of those sessions, I had to learn to really curve it in. Yeah, uh, It's too much, right? Like she'd, she'd start to get stressed. That panting would come out. Or, or she, I'd lose her focus. But 5 to 10 minutes, man, within 30 seconds I've got that dog's undivided attention for that entire time. Yeah. Um, and half the time, especially when it's a hundred degrees outside, we're in the house Yeah. or there's a, we go to Home Depot every week or now there's a cafe two or three blocks away from us. So we'll just sit outside and sit at a park bench or sit on the ground. And her whole job is to relax. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not constantly learning new stuff. Not constant doing something. Awesome. Sometimes right. it's constant. literally just, and let's just But be that's here. a skill too. Yeah. yeah. Let's it just is be a skill. Here. And a lot of dogs don't have the shut off. Mm-hmm. And it and a lot of people are like, well, how boring is that? We're just gonna work on downs. Yeah, oh, hell yeah. yes. Yeah, hell she's yes. learned more from the down mm-hmm. than probably anything else she's learned. Right, because she learns how to shut down, and that takes. And I mean, all three of us in this room work ridiculous hours and have crazy lives. 
We don't know how to shut off. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> right? We don't yeah. have that shut off I don't program. think either one of us has a shut off. No, and no, uh, I know so. my wife tells me I was just off yesterday, and she's like, could you just sit down? I can't. Yeah. I can't. I'm not working, but I can't. I got to <laughs> yeah. do something. So, yeah. Let's take a drive to Austin and uh, inspect the car. You know, let's do mm-hmm. something. Um, but, you know, it's it's hard, and it's a very interesting skill to apply, but a lot of people don't think downs are a skill. Shut off is a skill, and I'm glad you brought that up because it self control. It really self control. It makes a a big difference in the dogs. It really does. Um, So, what was the hardest part about uh, training with her? Ooh, remembering patience, giving her time, and not rushing her, and then getting me to a place that I that she would feel comfortable that I had it all the time. So in the house, she knew I had it pretty quickly. She isn't a dog that will bark at the door, even if, like, an Amazon person necessarily comes up, um, if she knows I'm in between her and the door. Mm-hmm. Or if she's in the crate, she's totally fine. Um, so the house domain was fine. But going out in the real world, teaching her, you don't have to freak out. You don't have to charge because she, she is super confident. She's going to want to challenge a bear yeah. or a person. Oh, I know. Or a chihuahua. Experience. Experience. Yeah. yeah. She, uh, she wanted to kill me the first time. Yeah. 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 Took a while. <laughs> but, uh, and, and getting her to realize, like, enough. Like, I've got this. Just wait. And that was the toughest. And for me, learning the patience of when this dog reacts, when she nails me, when she doesn't do what I want her to do, she doesn't know what the right thing is. Or she doesn't have confidence in the right thing. But as soon as she does, that's it, right? She's yeah. learned the skill. Mm-hmm. And she's learned it, I wouldn't say for life, because we don't, we don't go too long without touching back to stuff. But she's learned it. Uh, and then the patience just to say, sometimes I've got to back off. And sometimes something's too much. I have to know where her threshold is. Like where she's hitting that, like if you've got like a stoplight, like that orange, yellow zone. Before she sees red, because once she does, game over. Like, I've got to either remove her from the situation or power it down somehow. That was a tough balance for me to strike. Because you want your dog to just learn a skill. I'm like, You want to just be able to go and be like, we should just be able to go to the cafes and everybody walk up. Dogs, people, I want to go to the dog parks. Like, all the things. and. And lots of people now struggle with the... I hope none of our listeners want to go to a dog park. I know. Well, <laughs> I no. Jeez, no. <laughs> but I know that a lot of people is just like, I want it now. Like, mm-hmm. I want it to happen, and I wanted it to happen yesterday. And so yep. waiting until, you know, tomorrow or months from now, like, that's a common question we get in the consult is, when when are they going to be fixed? Like, when will this be done? And I'm like, mm-hmm. well... Never. Never. And and the hard part, I mean, even, and it's not just people who don't do dog training for a living. Yeah. Because both Laura and I are guilty of it, too. I mean, I have to correct her in healing Mm -hmm. class with Fez, and she's got to always get on mine. uh, With Tahoe. With Tahoe. Right? Because we are, because we do this for a living, we get the dogs and we're like, God damn it, you should know it now. I do this for a living. And we have to literally stop and go, take a deep breath, take a step back, she's a damn dog. Yeah. Right. You can't expect a dog to be changed overnight because those behaviors, there's a personality. Mm-hmm. You cannot ask me, for all my Leos out there, I'm going to say right now, Yikes. ignore this, but you can't ask me to draw the speed limit. <laughs> <laughs> As many yeah. times in all the years that I have been driving, I can't do it. I can't do it. 
I know better, but I still can't do it because that's my personality. So it's the same thing with a dog. They might be taught, but you have to remind them. I have to get a reminder every once in a while when I pass by a cop and go, oh, shit, here it comes. I literally go, I need to stop speeding. But a dog needs that, too. They need a constant reminder, right? Mm -hmm. So you don't stop working with them. It's a lifetime commitment. When you have a dog, you have to commit. I don't stop training my dogs. Harley is 13, and she still does training. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Something. Even though it might be less so now, it's still something. Right. Now, the struggle that that you were having uh, was her, she did not have an alternative. And that's one of the things that we like to teach is we give the dog an alternative to the behavior that they're Mm -hmm. uh, they're doing. You can do it without force. I'm going to repeat that to all the listeners. You do not have to make the dog fear you. Now, that alternative, um, we were trying to give her an alternative because when she got in the moment, like Antonia had said... Um, she would redirect on you. Yes. Right. She has at least a half a dozen times, if right. not more. Right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, I know from the other and Alicia, it's disheartening when it happens. Um, and it, it, for a lot of our listeners, it's one of those things where they, they worry, uh, can we do this? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, some people might not have that personality and I am not going to lie about that because this is, this is something that, for 35 years, I've seen people get seriously injured, be afraid to live with their dogs in their houses, and that's not what dogs are for. Mm-hmm. You are supposed to have a dog to enjoy your life with, right? Now, when you have a person that has that strong commitment yeah. to help this dog and make this relationship work, you can do it. Yes. Yeah. You absolutely. totally can do it. There is, if you have somebody who is going to put in the work, and this is the, this is the problem that we have as trainers. Um, not everybody is like, like Antonia. Um, <laughs> we nope. give the program, they come back and say, well, we didn't get to practice, so what's next? And we're like, well, we can't go far. We can't do anything follow-up. If you, if you can't make the commitment to those dogs, you're actually doing an injustice to yourself, your relationship with your dog, and the dog. Yeah. yeah. Right? So you have made that commitment, and it has without a doubt showed yes yeah on nicks mm-hmm. it just it takes a commitment and if you you have to have it in order yeah. to go there um and we love when we get people like we literally we get people like like antonia uh and some of our other clients who will have on as guests um we get clients that practice and when they come back laura and i are like yes <laughs> we go home and we're like there is not a whiskey in that glass tonight yeah we right. did most they times we go home and we're like, God it. damn it, let's have some whiskey. Yeah. <laughs> Her canine good citizen test at the end of advance oh, yeah. was one of those moments where there's 15 other dogs. She jumps in the wheelchair. She's not scared of it. She's moving around where she needs to go, doing exactly what she needs to do. And it's like those moments make you want to cry as an owner because it's like you you're seeing did it. it. Yeah. Right. You're seeing it. Right. And your work paid off, right? Mm -hmm. It's so important that you do put in the work in order to get the change in the dog. You can't just get change in the dog by spending money on a trainer once every six weeks or whatever, and then uh, expect it to change if nothing's done at home. And you, Nix is a great example. Mm -hmm. Great example. If you did not do the stuff you did with Nix, we would be here talking about limbs that you lost. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Right. Um, So. Was that being said, with all of those trainings, what's her favorite thing to do? Oh, she loves to heal mm-hmm. because she knows she's going to get paid. Mm-hmm. So, in other situations, 
she could react at people, dogs, things. I can take this dog into Home Depot in the garden section at 7 in the morning on Saturday. We're always at Lakeline Mall if anybody wants to join us. There you go. <laughs> I can get that dog to heal the entire way across the garden section. She can pass her favorite people that work at Home Depot. She can pass people who have no idea what we're doing. And she's got her vest on that says, don't pet her. She won't look at anything but me. That's awesome. That's probably the thing that her and I enjoy the most. She's really good at tracking. She loves to do scent work. We're not super far in it by any means, but for her, it's the same thing. She knows when she's found something she lays down, she is going to get paid. Yes. And she loves that. And I know it's not about the treats because I don't feed high-value treats to her very often, especially once we know she gets treats stupid, but she gets attention. Yeah. And she gets that connection, which is what she craves. And. All dogs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. A lot of people don't realize that. Some dogs will uh, blow you off, but it's because you're not really working with them. Mm-hmm. Right. You're yeah. not You're not communicating yeah. properly with them. But that's what they want. And that's mm-hmm. what we have dogs for is to enjoy yeah. the time and enjoy that com- that companionship. Right? Yeah. You've so, definitely built up her motivation for you. Yeah, you dog. have. Yeah. yeah, you have. So. She looks at you for everything. And it's, yes. uh, it's amazing to watch. We have clients that have taken classes with you. That, uh, and the advanced class in particular, right? And the advanced class, and, you know, just a little background, uh, Nix is super, super protective of you. Yes, very yeah. much so. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yep. So uh, part of the advanced class is I have to approach you mm-hmm. and shake your hand. Now, if you remember, we had a lifeline on Nix. Yes. With a li- Tara's lifeline. Um. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> with a, with yeah. an intern at the end of a 30-foot line behind you all to make mm-hmm. sure that she d- couldn't reach me when I mm-hmm. go up. But we did not stop, right? No. As much as she hated the fact that I approached you, I would come up, find out her threshold, and we would stop there until she was accepting, and then I'd retreat, right? And then I would walk up again, and then by the end, I was walking up to you shaking your hand, mm-hmm. right? I even touched her. Yep. I know. I was like... What? I mean, that was, that, and all yep. of my interns on the last class were like, are you going to lose a limb today? I was like, no. I mean, you saw the progress that Nix yeah, is yeah. making. She, if you give her a, a, a route, a plan, yeah. a protocol yep. to follow, she will do it. Yep. Yep. And she did. I mean, I was so proud of y'all on that class. So proud of y'all that I was able to come up and shake your hand and touch her. And I was like... While you were holding the leash, now I can I can touch Nix any other time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when she's here, she's she a different dog for everyone else. I get the worst behavior because of that protectiveness, right? For yeah. Sure. And and I I'm, I'm going to state that because she stays here, and we, I mean, we could sit on the bench and pet and love and cuddle and on, with each other. Like, I love on you the as bench. Long as my mom's not here. <laughs> <Right. laughs> yes, come and come and take me away from my mom. I'll kill you because yeah. she's mine. Right. Yeah. But mm-hmm. um, but. She overcame that in that advanced mm-hmm. class because of our slowness to approach, yes. right? Yes. We Not didn't, pushing her over threshold. Right. We didn't flood her and go, I'm going to come right up to you and shake your hand mm-hmm. and too bad. Yeah. Oh. And yeah. during that class, we started working with, I, I posted it on Nextdoor. I, I told all my neighbors, I was like, my dog is going through this. I need you to stand 20 feet away from me and just wait. I need you for five, ten minutes. And it was seriously like my, my neighbors beside me finally asked like two, three weeks and they're like, why are all these people showing up at our house? That's right. awesome. And it was just this constant string of like five, ten people. She met like 75 people in that six-week program that we that we worked for the class. I love and, that. Until people could be two, three feet away and she's just sitting. 
Yeah. And she's looking at me, and, you know, don't get me wrong, she's, like, looking at me, looking at them, looking at me, like, do you need me to take over, Mom? I'm ready, right? Yeah. And to the point that now we're able to do that out in public and she doesn't have to think about it anymore quite so much. There are days, for sure, yeah. that she, it's like, oh, well, we woke up on the wrong side of the bed today. Well, or we're super things, yeah. feisty. Yeah. yeah. But in general, it's a, it's a transformation for her. Yeah. Right. And that class, I probably saw the most growth from the very beginning to the very end in six weeks. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was super impressed. And, and your stories, every time you come in, we'd be like, I'd ask in the beginning class. So let's let's hear how practice went. And you would go off about what you were practicing with. And all of my other clients in that class were like, wow, we're slackers. <laughs> I was like, I, was I like, have to follow with my <laughs> practice after that. <laughs> I know. I had one person that literally said that. Okay, well, I don't have that much. <laughs> but yeah, so, but Nix is successful because of that. And she's that kind of dog where you have to be, right? Mm-hmm. Now, you do have other dogs that you don't have to be. Kona. Yeah, oh yeah. my gosh. Kona, if I never touched her, she'd be just as sweet as she is now. Right. Now, she's learned a lot about confidence. That dog, she she was super sweet, but kind of fearful of, like, she didn't know what a car was. She didn't yeah. know how to get on a ramp. She didn't know how to do certain things. She wasn't as confident as yeah. Nix was. But right. uh, she's, she's definitely learned stuff, but it's, you know, she she's a take it or leave it. Like, she just wants to breathe the air that you breathe for a couple minutes a day. She's totally fine with that. And uh, it's important for people to understand that. The reason we have you here as a, in a, for an interview and uh, talk about Nix is because she was a highly frustrated high drive and she still is yeah high drive dog right yes. and if you are going to think about adopting a high drive dog these are things that you have to really think about prior yeah. to going mm-hmm. to get a high drive dog you can't go get a high drive dog and expect them to be a kona yeah exactly right yeah. she and that's like trying to turn a potato into a turtle right um for nicks too though what i'm gonna try that yeah <laughs> <laughs> i'm like oh okay <laughs> The best advice, though, for people trying to work a dog like Nix into their schedule is you don't have to go above and beyond. You don't have to take work off. She's in the crate while I'm working. I pull her out when I want to work with her, and I I build it around my life, not not trying to necessarily – like, she gets good experiences. Like, we've done dock diving, and she loves to go swimming, and we go swimming down in San Marcos probably, like, once a month or so, and she goes paddleboarding and goes to the beach and stuff, but, but that's not every day. Every day, like, sometimes she has to sit in her cot and watch me unload the dishwasher, fold the laundry. Or sit at a cafe and down. Sit at a cafe and down. Like, it, it, building it around that has enriched our lives because she's connecting with me more frequently. And I'm not as exhausted trying to create these touch points or these memories that aren't sustainable. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Right on. Fantastic. Um, so, um, I still have more questions. So well, and I'm so, not going to stop. I mean, there's we so know, much. And goodness, I, pardon Percy. the Percy cat in the in the background. Two more weeks, y'all. Two more episodes. We have to deal with Percy in the office. Uh, so with Nix, I know we, you know, she had her issues with protecting with people, but she also had that same thing with dogs too. She was mm-hmm. highly reactive to the dogs and stuff. So then, um, what made you decide to try to integrate Kona? So. I wanted Nix to have a good life, and I noticed pretty early on that she would lie on the side of a fence, and she would watch another dog, like our neighbors had two dogs, and she would look at them, and it was like, not this longing, I don't believe that dogs can necessarily have that kind of feeling, but uh, she'd, she'd want to play, 
and uh, she, she didn't know what to do though, right? And so I started with a friend's dog, uh, Riley. It was the first female dog that Nick's ever met was this uh, Rottweiler mix. And I was like, well, let's just see. Let's walk them together. Let's, let's see what happens. And it was crazy how she went from like, screw this dog. I don't want to deal with it. To, oh my God, I want to play. And you could see the play bows and the sneezes and, and all the things, right? And I had a friend uh, in one of my running clubs that passed away. This dog kind of changed hands a few times, Kona. And uh, they're like, hey, we need to rehome her. I saw this Facebook post and I was like, well, tell me about the dog's personality. And they're like, well, she's super sweet. She's super passive. She's super this. I'm like, oh man, I don't know if this is the best the best decision I made or the worst decision I'm gonna make. <laughs> so it's like, we'll we'll bring the dog over. We'll take him on a walk. It took me two hours to integrate them. Not not even that's not an exaggeration. We took him on a walk. Kona had no idea how to walk on a leash, so that part was terrible. But Nix let her sniff her butt, and then she sniffed Kona's butt, and then she laid down. And I'm like, all right, I think we're doing this. And I was like, go. I was like, my friend Grace was like, go back to your car for 15 minutes with Kona. Like, let's try it in the yard in in a few. So then we go in the yard, totally fine. I'm like, man, this antisocial. Or I thought she was antisocial. I was wrong. Dog is now suddenly interacting with another dog, and I had never seen that side of her personality before. And I am here to say, I have had dogs that could never be around another dog. They told me when I got Nyx, she can never be around another. She had, uh, my uh, roommate had two male dogs that were well-adjusted dogs. They didn't know a whole lot of, like, obedience, but they were well-adjusted dogs. She was fine with them. But a female dog, I was flabbergasted. Yeah. And uh, there, I have to make sure to separate them, not because she, you know, is bad with Kona. It's because I don't want her to get separation anxiety. They cry when they're apart. Mm -hmm. And so I have, I want to try to keep that in check, you know. But it was... Kona's just happy wherever she is. Kona can meet any dog, any person for any rhyme or reason. But for Nix to do that, it was like one of the most humbling things of like, man, I pegged this dog as being one thing. She just blew you out of the water. Out of the water. So that's the thing is you never know, right? Mm-hmm. You don't know. You have to give the dogs a chance. Well, chances are if you had tried to bring another dog into the mix like a year into getting her... Um, into having Nick's when you were still working through a lot of these things, mm-hmm. you might have run into more hurdles. Yep. But because you waited and found the right time, and it just happens, sometimes it's just mm-hmm. meant to be. Yeah. But you already had had a much better bond with Nick's in general and a lot of things mm-hmm. you had built with her. Uh, so I think that that helped with the being able to accept Kona as well. Yeah. Kona came into our lives. Kona's about two or three months older than Nyx, I think. Uh, I'd had Nyx for just under two years. So she'd gone through basic. She'd gone through intermediate. She'd gone through, I think, two or three stay-in trains while she was here. And I, they still had, like, I remember emailing y'all and being like, how do we do this just to make sure that Nyx doesn't get overwhelmed or we start regressing? And Nyx still got a ton of alone time with mom and a ton of separated time. Like, we, we integrated it as slowly as I could but, uh, yeah, earlier would have been too bad, but we also would have missed the opportunity for Kona if I hadn't taken that kind of leap right. of faith. Right. But I told, I told my friend Grace, I was like, you might have to turn around with this dog immediately. Like, I have yeah. no idea. Yeah. And I, I wasn't going to force that on Nyx if she wasn't ready just because I thought that I could have another dog. Yeah. And yeah. we've fostered in the house since. Like, she's, it's nuts. We'll only foster males for right now. But yeah. But uh, it's crazy. Well, I mm-hmm. do think, like, with the way that Kona's personality is, 
I do think that that had a big impact because if you'd have had a a dog that was just as high drive as Nick's, it probably would have mm-hmm. been a little bit different. Oh yeah, but monkey see, monkey do. Kona, the Kona's favorite thing is to roll in the grass and roll in the dirt. And Nick's, I had never seen this dog roll before she. That's awesome. Kona. Two weeks <laughs> later, they're both freaking rolling, sunbathing. That's awesome. Getting water all over the like that part has not been great. Water all over the house after <laughs> they're in the water bowls, uh, but they've picked up each other's habits, right? And and Kona's so much more confident. I can't get Kona to do a new thing unless Nix is there. Yeah. If Nix is there with her, now Kona goes to Home Depot. Yeah. Now Kona knows how to walk on a plastic tarp. Now Kona will get in the car. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's and awesome. Now Nix has realized that there's oh I can go out and just relax in the mm-hmm. sun and. I can mm-hmm. go have, right. I can have fun. I don't yes. have to be, like, on, on all the time and everything. Like, I can actually mm-hmm. go out and fun, fun yeah. time. Fun time with dog friends. Yeah. And I'm so excited. I was so yeah. excited. I oh, kind of so sweet. She oh is. God. She's a very great girl. <laughs> um, now you're trying to integrate another dog into the pack. Another control aggressive. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so here's the tough because you brought it up. So. Yeah. Yeah, so... Um, you know, for our listeners, without that experience that Antonio has, <laughs> okay, I'm going to restate that, without the experience that Antonia has, I would not recommend what is going on here. Absolutely. Okay. And the reason I say that is because I don't want everybody going out uh, with a controlled <laughs> yeah, dog thinking they, just... thinking they can get a pack of three females. Now, yeah. that in itself is a oh, challenge. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Now, even if you didn't have a control aggressive high drive dog or uh, Joey, who's coming in, mm-hmm. um, Joey is a control aggressive female. And she's a not, resource guarder. Too. She's a resource yeah. guarder as well, but she's not over the top confident. Mm-mm. Hers is a uh, total opposite um so yeah i mean antonia is working super hard at this i and Mm -hmm. i'm looking forward to the outcome so we can have you back and talk about the oh yeah the triangle keeping a journal yeah (laughs) the triangle female pack that we are integrating here um and you know it's going to be an ongoing process it's not something that's going to happen overnight but for for those of you who are listening Again, she has experience doing this, and she has the commitment to keep practicing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, we have, you know, the old age myth, which I hate, is don't put two females together. And there are a lot of rescue groups that refuse to put two females together. Yeah. Um, I myself, as you know, I have a 10-dog working pack, and an awful lot of, excuse the expression, bitches. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, However, you yes, I do. I have Harley, Tahoe, Mazikeen. Flynn, who is my 16-year-old boxer who has had puppies, right? Um, mm-hmm. Go in Charlie. Yep. Right. So I have five five females in my pack and five males in my pack. Right. So here we go. We got five females. Two of them are, here comes the cursed word, littermates. Oh, yeah. Okay. Tahoe and Charlie are littermates. And then Flynn having the puppies, but Flynn also had dog-dog issues. Yes, when I got Flynn. So here's the thing. You know, a lot of rescue groups will not adopt uh, one littermates out to each other, uh, to a a household, or two females the same age. Charlie and Tahoe are littermates. They're females. They're the same age. Having Kona and Nix being similar in age. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It can be done if you're willing to put the work in. Yes. Yes. Yeah. That's my point of that whole story there. Yes, you can. Yes, you can if you're willing to put the work in. You can do it. 
I have seen so many people go, I have the perfect dog, but I can't adopt it because it's another female. And I'm like, wait, yeah. you can if you're mm-hmm. willing to put the work in. Go save that damn dog's yeah. life. Yeah. You can Absolutely. do it. Just got to put the work in, right? But this, this is a little tougher. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. a little tougher. It's not so like I'm, you're just bringing no. in a, you know, a, a second Kona. <laughs> no, you're not bringing in a second Kona. We're bringing a, she's four and a half. She's a lab pit mix of some sort. She's a resource guarder, control aggressive, excitement elicited. Lower motivation by a lot than Nyx, um, and a higher prey drive for things like squirrels, things that move, cats, etc. Joey is a fantastic dog. She is also eager to please. She's a lot more mellow than Nyx. She needs a lot less, I would say, like energy expenditure throughout the day on average. Um, but she's not nearly as well trained as Nyx. So yeah. Nyx's obedience is probably like bar none in any dog I, I've worked with. Joey's still learning. Like, Joey, in the last six months, has been crate trained. Yeah. She has learned you can't jump on people. She has learned how to use a chain martingale. She has learned you can't bite people's hands. This dog used to, yeah. she'd get excited, and she, she'd want to bite your hands, mm-hmm. and she'd bite yeah. up the leash, and she'd... So she's she's establishing boundaries on top of establishing boundaries with Nix. Yeah. And Nix's obedience has given me a lot of latitude to help Daniel work with Joey. Yeah. While Nix is like, okay, I've got this. Sometimes she doesn't, but most of the time she does. Yeah. Um, and it's teaching Joey the same kind of muscle memory of you don't have to worry. We we have it. Yeah. Um, but it's definitely a challenge. And they, so they get couch time every day. It's been two weeks Woo-hoo! now for that. Yes. They go in the car. Uh, they've had six car rides together. Nix is better in the car when they're together on, uh, with that divider and yes. that impact crate than she is alone. Yes. <laughs> they sleep to get not together in the same crate, but their crates are adjacent, all three mm-hmm. of them, in the office. Um, and, and we get some, you know, Joey is a barker. Oh, my goodness. She is so loud. I thought Nix was loud. Joey barks three times more. <laughs> she wants you to know she's there. Yeah. Yes. But... Nix does what she knows she's supposed to do. So she shoots for that crate. She's always the last one in that room. She shoots for that crate, and they're like, okay, do I get paid now? I did it. I did it. Yeah. And uh, we're here, right? And I have high confidence that we're going to be successful with it. We will always have to be alert in the house. They will always have to have separated times. They will always have to have daily walks before we do a lot of stuff. Yeah. And we went into that knowing that that is the protocol mm-hmm. that we have yeah. to have. There's and you're both going to have the commitment for it. Mm-hmm. And that's the big thing is yeah. you're knowing that this is always going to be the same because if you get lax, you're mm-hmm. looking for an accident pretty exactly. much. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Right. Right. Which I'm excited. prepared for it. Yeah. I'm yeah. excited. We're going to have yeah. Antonia back on once they're an integrated, complete integrated yeah. pack. We're going to have you all in here, and we're going to talk about it again, because yeah. yeah. I, th- I mean, quite frankly, you're like my research study. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> That's pretty much like what she's working on now. Nix is working on having mm-hmm. a, a second sister yeah. in the house, yeah. you know, and continuing her, her little thing. I love watching your Facebook and all the fun things oh, that you do with her. I all the things love. she does. Video yes. and that dog is so fun. Yeah. Because, you know, she it. kills it every time. Yeah. So for all of those that watch the 15-second TikTok trainers, you could be watching something really inspiring. Yeah. I'm just saying. Yes. Nick's working yeah. is incredible. Yeah. It's incredible. Yeah. Right. Seeing um, her go and do all those things. Just absolutely doing marathons beautiful. and stuff with hers, too. So. Yeah. So her longest, she's done three half marathons with me. The first one, and she's done the Cap 10K twice. 
the first six races she did with me, we trained for six months, and I had to run the race with her before the racers got there. So races normally start 7 to 8.30. And I'll never forget emailing this race director. I was like, hey, I have this dog. We really want to race it. She's registered, but uh, she's not ready for the people. I was like, what do you think about us doing it? He's like, well, the course gets put down at like 2 a.m., I was like, okay, can I do it? And he's like, yeah, I mean, if you want to, <laughs> if you want pick, to your, pick your medal up at the end, I guess. <laughs> and uh, that's what we did for the first couple races. She do, she's done uh, Jester King 5K. Uh, she's done a few races out in Bastrop. She has been on a paddleboard with me multiple times. I'm taking her, I'm doing a 10K paddleboard race later this year, and she's going to be on that's it with so me. Awesome. I that seriously awesome. just absolutely <laughs> adore uh, you. Yeah. That's awesome. Honestly, I, I love it. I'm Now, I mean, inspiring is not even, Yeah. it doesn't even begin to, to say how I feel about how far you've come with yeah. Nips. I'm so, I'm so yeah. stoked. So, I'm so as stoked. a, as an owner then of a, of a high drive dog that you know has the control aggression, she's over frustrated, like all of that kind of stuff. Do you have any advice for a listener that might feel like they're at a loss with their dog. Mm-hmm. Your dog isn't reacting or being a, a bad girl or boy because they want to be that way. That's, and there are parts of their personality that will react and engage in that way that are also really good. The same things that make Nixa react and be overconfident and explode at people is why she's so good at tracking and why she's so good at healing and why she wants to work for me because of that high motivation. So, if you empathize with your dog for five minutes, step away when you need to, when they frustrate you before you yell, you will see a dog that will work harder for you, I think, than any well-adjusted or stable dog would. Um, and it just takes patience. Like, I, I can't take Nick some places. That's just yeah. that's just the case. I'm never going to be able to relax with Nick and, and Joey in the house, right? But it is so rewarding to handle her and to know that she couldn't be with Almost, I mean, there are probably some people, she can be with anybody else and have the quality of life that you can give to her if you adjust the perspective that there's no such definition as a good dog. Yeah. Like, you, there's no end point where Nix is going to be a couch potato doing nothing, just lazing around. Our success is couch time with Joey, nobody screams, which we're doing great on, right? Yeah. Ten, right. Uh, 14 out of 15 sessions, no barks. <laughs> and... She learns something new, and you see her eyes light up, man. And we go to the vet. She loves her vet, Greg. Oh, my gosh. Like, it's crazy. Change how you define success, and you will stop beating yourself up over that dog being, quote, bad. Yeah. That's great advice, too. That is. Yeah. Awesome advice. We are super stoked that you came and visited us today. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Absolutely love talking to our clients about their success stories because we love the companionship. and. It, I mean, honestly, we say it every single time. It's all about having a dog and being happy in companionship with that dog. Yeah. That is a life member right there. Your family life member, right? Yeah. You, yeah. It's, that's what they're there for. Yeah. So next time, um, our next episode we're going to be talking about um, is going to be the different phases in a dog's life. So we're going to be kind of talking about the behavior changes that come and why some people say that it feels like their dog is on a roller coaster. Yeah. With behavior. Right. That's going to be our next thing. Okay. See, Laura does all that scheduling. So y'all know (laughs) I'm going to give her props to that. Laura schedules all of these in a row. So she's very good at that organization. And I'm just really good at cussing. So, all right. (laughs) Y'all, 
Um, as always, we appreciate you tuning in. Um, always remember to see them, hear them, in order to help them. And protect first. If you have any questions or uh, ideas for future podcasts, please remember to email us at canine-translators. Oh, I did it again. Info. I did it again. Info at canine-translators.com. That's info at the letter K, the number nine, translators.com. I have to do it now. It becomes yeah. a, uh, everybody knows it's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. Y'all, thank you, and uh, we hope you enjoyed this. We'll talk to you soon.